Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel in stock now. Rotoflex by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Welcome to the summer run home with your hosts, the Professor, James Rochford and Andrew Barney Barnett. Yes, that's right. You are on the summer run home. You're with Barney and the Professor, and it's all thanks to Hyundai and Blunston. Uh, if you missed the first hour, we well, we had a cracking first hour. You can catch up with that on the Run Home podcast with uh Joel and Fletch. Uh, subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever all good podcasts are downloaded. Still plenty to come up on the show. Uh, but right now, we, uh, we're we lucky to be joined by, uh, well, he's an Australian who's uh, doing us proud overseas. Uh, he uh, he represented, well, he represented Australia at the Olympics in baseball, but uh, also I feel like he represents us every day over there. Uh, he's a former MLB pitcher, Ryan Roland-Smith. Uh, mate, welcome to the run home. I appreciate it, guys. I appreciate you having me. I uh, Anytime I get a chance to talk to some Aussies about baseball, I love it. So it's good to be here. Appreciate it, guys. Now, Ryan, let's get into it straight away. From what I've heard from Brooksy, you have basically everybody's dream job currently. Can you tell our listeners what you do for a living? <laughs> so I basically – so I got done playing. My last year was uh, 2014, and then – uh, like a lot of athletes trying to figure out that career transition. And then I was lucky enough, the Mariners, the Seattle Mariners, one of the teams I played for, um, would, say, would say, hey, listen, you know, is this, would TV and radio be something you'd want to do? And I was like, hey, look, I'm not done playing. I'm still young. What are you talking about? Then I had knee injury, figured out I was old. And so I jumped right into doing, uh, into the broadcasting. So I get to do TV. I, I do radio as well. Absolutely love it. You know, I mean, it's tough to, to leave the game and it's tough to get, yeah, you know, even just to leave the locker room and and you know your teammates, but you know, getting a chance to watch Major League Baseball every day, man. I mean, it's an absolute dream. So I, I get to do that every day. Cover the Seattle Mariners; they're my home team, and uh, I love it, man. That's what I do. I, I I do the pre and post game show. I do in game. I do radio posts. I do it all. So a lot of fun. I got to say, I uh, I was in New York recently, and it was during the summer, and um, I, I I'm not a big baseball guy. I didn't grow up playing it was more into cricket but I found myself every single night putting the baseball on and watching it and I was watching it because the commentators were so entertaining um there was one bit where, <laughs> where where the commentators did like 15 minutes because one of the callers wives was in the crowd it was it was just great so um is that what you're trying to do with your baseball because obviously there are moments when not a lot's happening you're trying to keep it light trying to keep it fun yeah, yeah, you have to. Well, first of all, I, I must not have been talking because sometimes I'm like, mate, I could cure insomnia. Like, I feel like I need to pick up the energy. Like, there's times where I listen back to myself. I'm like, who is listening to this and is entertained? But you do, mate. Sometimes baseball, look, baseball can get really slow. And that's one thing, you know, with the game today. They're really trying to get those young viewers. You know how cricket kind of made that switch to, like, the, switch to the big bash league, you know? So they're trying to do little things to the game to, to speed it up. And so these guys get stuck. 
can you mention it too? Like you're probably listening to, I don't know if it's the Mets or the Yankees, but you know, they dial into some clown in, in the stands or someone's wife or something like that. And 20 minutes later, they're yeah. still on it. So it was brilliant. You have to get clever sometimes, mate. especially too, you've got to remember 162 games these guys are playing. Like it's not a once a week, you know, like the NFL is so serious, so dialed into what's happening, but baseball, it's every single night. So yeah, you have to get creative. And these guys are at it every night too. So yeah, I, that's no surprise whatsoever, but just trying to figure out something to talk about for sure. <laughs> now, mate, you've had an amazing career. You um, obviously uh, grew up in, in Australia. You grew up, I believe, mostly in Newcastle, went to Newcastle High. Um, how does a yep. boy from Newcastle High, just a good Newcastle kid, end up uh, over living in Seattle? Just so you know, before you answer, uh, Barney is a Newcastle nerd. And that is all that he talks about. Oh, like He's it. so ex- he lived in Newcastle. Yeah, he so he, that's he pumped because you're from Newcastle. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Well, no, usually, hey, listen, listen I'm not going to lie, mate. My whole life, it was like if you're from Sydney, like oh yeah, Newcastle, like you know, a bunch of Ogans doing, you know, it's, it's a blue, it's a it's a blue collar town, steel town, whatever. But dude, Newcastle, I got to say, I love the place. I miss it so much. I was just back there. My wife actually just surprised me with a trip i ended up going back for seven days my dad's on the northern beaches of sydney my, all my friends are in newcastle so i got a chance to go back to newcastle love the place so big shout out to newcastle but you know honestly i was i, I got a late start to baseball i was 12 years old and i was watching videotapes no joke for you know kids who are listening right now they don't know what the, what the vcr is i was pop, popping in the um i had vhs tapes of baseball otherwise i was on at 3 a.m because obviously it's not it's not mainstream so I just loved it, man. I, th- I think the biggest thing that drew me in was, like a lot of American sports, is just that you know that that crazy atmosphere, the cra- the, the crazy stadiums. You know, they're playing baseball on astroturf in like domes. I was I was blown away, and I was just hooked and and got into it. And I say this to kids over here in the states all the time. Like, the one benefit I had was I was kind of like a big fish in a small small pond. I was I was a good player. But there wasn't a whole lot of talent here in the States, man. They all play baseball. They're all good. If I grew up in the States, I'd be like, there's no chance I can hang with these dudes. So that was the one blessing in disguise. But, you know, growing up, like I said, just just hooked on, on you know, I loved American sports. Bo Jackson was my guy. I loved him. And, and just just hooked from just the, the, the magnitude of how serious they took, you know, some of their sports when it comes to the dollars, the, the, the stadiums, everything else. So I was just, I was blown away. So I think that was a big thing for me. And, just stuck with it. I loved it and stuck with it. And off I was, 18 years old, clueless, from straight out of Newey. Um, oh, hey, by the way, my claim to fame, I say this all the time, silver chair were a couple grades above me <laughs> That in is school. what he was saying. I, that's what I actually looked and I went, you know what? I reckon he would have been a few years Seriously. below silver chair. Mate, this is the uh, – I have something disturbing to bring your attention. I jumped on the uh-huh. Newcastle High Wikipedia Mate, you, you're uh, not on the alumni list, the notable alumni. They've got uh, Jamie oh, Brazier. Kidding. He just oh. played cricket for Papua New Guinea. I don't know how he made it. Belinda Clark, she captained Australia. And then you've got the, the, the uh, Silverchair boys and Miranda Otto. Mate, we need to get you on this page. <laughs> they, are, they are cracking jokes. I'll say this. I, I, I went, so I went to the Olympics, right? And I feel like no one really cares about baseball, but they care about the Olympics. So I went to the Olympics. Had some success. We won a silver medal. I went back and started handing out the uh, at the Prez. I was handing out the sports awards, and so I felt like I was big time. I'm like, oh man, they're actually like <laughs> recognizing that I'm I'm an I'm an athlete. I'm hanging I'm handing out these sports awards, and they had this big wall of fame. And I saw there was a big blank spot there. They're like, oh, we're gonna put you up on this wall of fame, and there's this big blank area 
right next to this big space right next to silver chair. I was like, boom, put me right next to those dudes. please. <laughs> and they did, but, but I'm not in the alumni. That's unreal. Oh, oh man. Nice. I, I need to call someone for sure. Yeah. <laughs> we, let's get onto the admin now, mate. Um, we, we're talking about those, um, those stadiums and the atmosphere that you saw on the videotape. Where was the best place you reckon you played when uh, in the when you were playing in the majors? Well, for me, there's a couple of places. First of all, like my first year in, in in the big leagues, I remember, like I said, the Blue Jays. That that, that was my team. You know, the '93 yep. World Series, Blue Jays, Phillies, and they, they had a big following in Australia. So, like, I'd watch those games. They're playing in like a retractable roof stadium, which was just foreign when you were a kid, right? Obviously, they got yeah. that in Melbourne, but it was just insane. So, I, for me, playing it, it's now the Rogers Center. Loved it. But i got to say, man, I mean, you mentioned your time in New York. No one does it better than the Big Apple, dude. Yankee Stadium, the old Yankee Stadium with all that history. Walking in that place for the first time, facing like Derek Jeter, that was insane. Place was packed. Playoff atmosphere. I definitely, I mean, you, you can't beat that. So I think that, you know, thinking about back in the early days, I was 24 years old when I cracked it, you know, to get to the big leagues. And I'd gotten comfortable at that level. And then we went to play the Yankees for the first time. And I was just like, man, I felt like I was 12 years old. So definitely anywhere on the East coast, honestly, if you're going to travel to the States, you know, watch some baseball, obviously, you know, it's easy to get to the West coast, but if you can get over that East coast, especially in the month of September, it is intense. Philadelphia nuts, places packed, awesome stadium. They do such a good job. Obviously New York, places like that, man, it's unreal. So I I definitely have to say, obviously the Rogers Center Yankee stadium at top two for sure. Yeah, you're not wrong. They do it well over there. Like, I love in the stadiums. You can sit there. There's a bloke. You, you don't have to leave your seat. Someone will come around and sell you a hot dog. Someone will come around and sell you a beer. For Mate, sure. if someone come around with a portable loo, you could sit there the whole time. <laughs> exactly. 100%. Well, 100%, I mean, there's people sure. that barrack for Queensland that don't need a portable loo, Barney. <laughs> yeah. We've all seen the vision. <laughs> hey, um... Ryan, there's obviously a huge flood at the moment of Aussie guys getting into the NBA that we're watching, massive flood of guys getting into the NFL. Bas- uh, baseball's kind of dropped off a bit. We've only got, uh, at the moment, one guy, uh, Liam Hendricks. Yeah. Um, what's what's happened to the Aussies that were making their way into the MLB? And is, there, is it about to turn a corner? Are we about to have a bunch of young guys over there? Yeah, I think it's going to turn a corner. I'm not just saying that just because, you know, to try and get, Listeners hyped about following Australian players, but what was so? What happened back the, around the time when I signed? You know, back when I was a young 18-year-old, out, fresh out in Newcastle, it was a situation where it was just basically they were signing free agents from international countries all over the shop. Then all of a sudden, they they put a cap on that, so teams could only spend around three million bucks on international signing. So all that money went to Latin America. So Aussies kind of got screwed in that regard. But then what happened more recently in the last five years, more players now, just like you mentioned the NBA, more players are going to play college baseball. And I think this is such a good route, whether it's a junior college, like a small school or some of the big schools. Like, for example, you know, Travis Bazzani, he's playing at Oregon State University. It's a big powerhouse. You've got Jimmy Nato, he's playing at Stanford University. When, when basketball did that, I would say about 10 to 15 years ago, when they started sending their guys to play at the NCAA Division One level, all of a sudden you just saw this flood of NBA players coming out of Australia because they went through college, they matured, had a couple of years of playing in that kind of environment. You start to see that way more with baseball. So I would say from three to five years from now, you're going to start seeing a big influx of, first of all, Australians going into the MLB draft for the top five rounds. And then from there, I think you'll see them you know, start to, to make their way to the big leagues. But there's just that gap because the international rules kind of changed 
Australians kind of got screwed, but you're going to see more. I'd say in the next, I'd say in the next five years, you're going to see more names and really good Polish players get into the big leagues instead of guys just rocking up for you know, a month or two months, which a bunch of dudes uh, did. Like Liam Hendricks, he's a staple now. He's one of the best players in the game. You're going to see more of that, I think, in the next five years, I'd say. Now, while we're on Liam, um, unfortunately for Liam, he's recently been diagnosed with cancer. Is that right, um, yeah. Ryan? Do you, are you close with Liam? Do you speak to him? How's he going? Yeah, I spoke to him a couple of days ago, and it's it's a you know it's a type of cancer where there's been a couple other um, baseball players who had the same thing, uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So for him, look, every time, look, he's he's Australian. We, we he he jumps on the podcast. I got another Aussie who I host a podcast with Grant Balfour, who you know, is just like me. We just act like bogans. Usually, Liam jumps on all <laughs> the Aussie stuff. That's comes Newcastle, out. mate. That's Newcastle. Exactly. <laughs> Never <laughs> exactly, let leave yeah, you, mate. The, the Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so talking to him, you know, usually if we're texting each other, it's a bunch of you know, random stuff, but way more serious a couple of days ago. I think he's, he's still in good spirits, but man, he is in the prime of his career. He's going to get through this. He's going to battle. He's going to, he's going to beat it. But you got to, you got a dude who's making so much money. He's at the height of the sport. He's one of the best players, not out of Australia, one of the best players in the game. I mean, he is, a crazy story too. He was a guy who was essentially on his way out and he figured himself out and now he's one of the best players in the game and now he's got to deal with this. And it's a tough time, but he said to me, he said, listen, I feel like in two to three weeks, I'll have a really good idea of what I'm dealing with. And then I'll start to talk about a little bit, a little bit more about what I'm going to go through. But look, he's a, he's a fighter, man. He's a, he's a positive dude. Uh, so I feel like he's going to be okay, I think. But man, what, what a time to, to, to deal with this. Never a good time, but when you're in the midst of being one of the best in the game, it's a tough break. So we're all wishing him the best, and he's going to get through this. Yeah, mate, I'm sure um, he will, and we're all well. We're all hoping for that down here, um, mate. Now let's let's talk about your work helping um, well helping Aussies get through there. You work with Next Gen Baseball, Next Gen Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that that's a company I, I, I made. I got done playing and making that transition. I wanted to get into broadcasting, loved it. But one thing I was really I, don't know, I found a passion for was just trying to, you know, first of all, make sure the kids who are 16, 17, you know, didn't make the same mistakes I made, um, trying to take some of the, you know, tr- trying to make the pathways a little bit easier. And I mentioned earlier, I'm a big believer in going the college route. I signed, listen, I signed for 30,000 bucks and a can of Coke and a plane ticket. Off I went flying to the States, clueless. I was oblivious. And there's so many bigger and better opportunities opportunities nothing against playing professional baseball straight out of high school but man if you can go play division one baseball or you can go play at a place like stanford or oregon state and so that's what i do i kind of i bridge the gap for guys like travis bazana he's the next gen kid jimmy nato i mentioned him he's the next gen player but you know these kids I'm, I'm i'm just trying to get them to these big schools just like you see in the nfl some of these punters and just like these nba players just trying to help them out and get to those big schools so love doing it it's it's a it's a good feeling when you see a kid get a chance to go play Division One college baseball, and then, you know, essentially go on to the draft. So, love doing it. I'm really involved in, in, in the youth, in some of the youth players, and uh, I love it. I, I, it's a nice little side-by-side with what I do doing TV and radio. Yeah, just on the just on the pathways, that's something probably that's maybe a little bit different with baseball than the other um, American sports. Like, everyone's very familiar with the NBA, you know, coming out of college, that sort of stuff. But there is more than one pathway in the MLB. Can you just yeah. give a give our listeners a bit of an overview about how that works as opposed to the just straight-through college yeah. system? 
Yes, I mean, like, you know, for the last 30, 40 years, basically, you'd have these, the way it'd work, it's very similar to what was happening in the late 90s when, when I was, you know, caught up in it. Basically, you have professional scouts come to Australia or some of these players go to the US as, as teenagers, more so now. And professional scouts will say, listen, you're an international um, signee. We can sign you. You don't have to go through the MLB draft. Uh, they pay them a signing bonus, anything from, you know, 50 grand to, we had one kid, Josh Guest, to sign for, you know, a million dollars US. Wow. And so basically, yeah, so it's basically signing bonus, but you're going straight into the lowest ranks of minor league baseball. So you got the major leagues, and then you essentially have five levels below that of minor league baseball. And it's a bottleneck too. You got all this young talent, 18, 19 years old. And as you guys know, man, look, I was 18 years old. I was clueless. I mean, I don't know how I somehow got through it. I, I was so immature. So a lot of these kids from Australia, they sign, you know, they're playing professional baseball. They get into that minor league system and then the bottlenecks. And then three years later, it can be really tough to get through. So I, so you, you do, I, I did mention the college pathway, but that's always kind of been the, 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 the route to get to the big leagues. And it's just hard. Like we've seen, and you mentioned it, there's one, you know, you, uh, one major league player right now. So I think that some of these kids, they mature when they turn 21, 22. And I think that's that last year in college. So I, I, I believe if they, if they go, they get an education, you're not always going to get to the big leagues. Um, so you can go, th- go that route, mature, get stronger before you get into professional baseball. And, and, uh, that's what you're starting to see more and more, but it's always been that way. You sign for a bit of money, off you go, and you know there's you and 10,000 other young players, and two of you make it, and that's it. And so I think that some of these kids going through the college ranks, I just think that's a better system. So and you're starting to see more more of it. Absolutely, Ryan. It's it's a good time also for Aussies to try and get over there and, and make some money in the MLB. I mean, they've never been spending more money than they are right now. Um, where I. Brooksy in here, our producer was just looking up um, Aaron Judge's current current contract, yeah. which um, is it's basically forty million dollars a year. Um, mm-hmm. I'm assuming you were on that yeah. sort of cash when you finished up, right, Ryan? Is that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's nothing. I mean, I was laughing at that deal. I was like, your kid, <laughs> <laughs> your, your kid, what a sucker! <laughs> no, no chance. It's crazy. Man, yeah, the money well, I mean, is absolutely crazy. crazy. Where's it coming from? What's more crazy too with that, and and you mentioned it. Where's I know where's it coming from? These billion dollar owners. Yeah. Well, you're talking about the New York Yankees too, and the the crazy thing, a couple of things with Aaron Judge for you know the listeners who um, aren't familiar with baseball. The, the one thing that that stands out, you know, about the obviously the soccer players that get paid a ton of money. Obviously these F1 drivers or you know these golfers. The one thing with baseball that stand out, number one, you look at the deal, it's $360 million over nine years. So you're looking at it going, who, inve- who invests in a human being yeah. for nine years? And that's just the cost of doing business. If you do want to keep these players, you have to give them those years. The other thing that's crazy about it, it's guaranteed. So oh, it's not a situation man. like the NFL. The NFL, you sign a $100 million deal and you go and you know blow your knee out on the field. They'll rehab you. You come back and you're not the same guy year three, you're done. And baseball, you get injured in that year two, you're getting paid for nine years. It is insane. And that's just the cost of doing business. So Aaron Judge, obviously the Yankees, they tried to offer him $280 million at the beginning of this year to say, listen, we want to wrap this up early. You're going to be a free agent at the end of the year. He backed himself. Everyone thought he was crazy. He he kind of he, he told him he threatened he was going to go play for his hometown team in San Francisco a little bit. He was playing that. He played it so well. The Yankees came through in the end, 360 mil. See ya. 
nine years, nuts. It's still it's still shocking. Even here in the States, obviously the States, like, they throw some cash around. Yeah, we all know that. But even for Americans, they're looking at that, just eyes are popping out. It is crazy money. That's insane. So he's basically made $80 million extra by backing himself. That's, uh, that's very yeah. impressive. Oh, yeah. Now, while we're talking oh, yeah. baseball, um, Australia will be part of the World Baseball Classic in March. A lot of countries, a lot of big names. Who should we be looking out for there, both in the Australian and yeah. obviously other big names? Yeah, well, first of all, World Baseball Classic, if you're not familiar with it, uh, and you are Australian and you're just a fringe baseball fan, amazing event. They are trying so hard, and they're cl- I think they're close to making it like the World Cup of Soccer. Obviously, World Cup of Soccer is a huge event, but I'm talking in baseball standards. So you've got the Team USA and the Dominican Republic are just absolute powerhouses. Like, every player is an absolute superstar. Like, you've got players like, for example, Julio Rodriguez, is this young player is an all-star with the Seattle Mariners. He's struggling to make the team. That's how good they are. Like, he's one of the best players in the game. That's how good they are. And then you've got Team Australia. So the way it works in, in March, you've got four different pools around the world. You've got one in Taiwan, one in Japan, one in Arizona, one in Miami. Team Australia in the Japanese pool. So they're going to be playing against Korea, Team Japan, uh, a couple other teams. But, you know, Team Japan had the best player in the world. That's Shohei Otani, who's an absolute superstar uh so it's going to be a blast but team look team usa if you look at that roster you're talking mike trout one of the best in the game clayton kershaw max scherzer nolan arenado guys like that it's going to be so much fun to watch they they, they struggled to get the, the the world game back um because of covid but man it's march is going to be so much fun i'm a part of the broadcast team so i'm excited i love international baseball being a foreigner so i'm if you can't tell i'm so excited about it. it's going to be a blast Mate, you will be calling it. You're part of the broadcast team. I, I'm assuming that's for SEN Seattle. But uh, <laughs> if, if, we're not up and, if we're not up and running over there, where can uh, where can our listeners check it out, mate? So it's going to be on. It's going to be on uh, Fox Sports is doing it here locally. But if you have MLB TV, which I think I'm not trying to sell MLB subscriptions here. I think I don't know how much it is in Aussie dollars. I think it's like ten bucks a month. I'm not quite sure. Uh, because I'm such a superstar, I don't have to pay for it. They give oh, it to me. Oh, wow. That's such a big deal. <laughs> so just give out your login, mate. All of Australia can log in under yeah, your user yeah. credentials. Yeah, I've got to log in. It's just Bogan from Newcastle, the password <laughs> and my But no, I, I, I think all the Aussies, if you get MLB TV, you can watch all the games um, internationally. So, yeah, I can't wait, man. It's going to be a blast. So international baseball is nothing better than it. So I can't wait. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us, mate. We've probably uh, kept you away from your dinner for long enough now. Um, but, yeah, thanks for being part of the run home here on SEN. No worries, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. What a champion. Absolute. Mate, Absolute. he's good. First, just a good first, Newcastle first guy. First good bloke out of Newcastle. Mate, I just ever, classic Newey boy. Ever met. Uh, and what a job. Imagine that, just traveling around, oh. watching baseball. Oh, man, that's that's one of the all-time jobs. All right, we've got to take a quick break here. After the break, uh, we're going to be taking your calls and texts. Just a reminder, call us anytime, one three hundred zero one eleven seventy, or text us on 0457-736-736. You're listening to The Summer Run Home on SEN. Thanks to Hyundai and Blundstone. Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel, in stock now. Rotoflex by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. The Summer Run Home with The Professor and Barney on SEN. Yes, you are on The Summer Run Home. What a great chat we just had with Ryan Rowland-Smith, didn't we? Wasn't he 
Oh, Just what a great Newcastle yeah. bloke. And, it, hey, listen, if <laughs> you are out there. He was a baseballer. If you are out there and you contributed to Wikipedia, just add him to the notable alumni from Newcastle High. Please. He deserves to be on that page. Do you reckon if we all go to Seattle now that we'll be best mates with him and he'll take us to baseball games? Do you reckon that'll happen? I hope so. Mate, I'm sleeping on his couch. It's going to be great. Hey, give us a Bingley. Uh, Aussie Open update, please. Yes, uh, Nadal. Nadal is in a little bit of trouble. He's still down a break in the second. Uh, McDonald looks like he's going to come back and serve for the set. McDonald leading 5-3. But uh, Nadal, as he stretched for the last the ball at that last point, looked like he was in considerable pain. And, um, well, now we're watching him. He's head down, the sweat dripping, a good bit of Devon on the back of his head. <laughs> um, but... If yeah, he he looks like he's in a bit of trouble here. Ooh, he doesn't God. look comfortable. Do he's a we... bit stiff on court, mm. and uh, he could be about to go. Um, well, depending how this next game goes, he could be about to go two sets down. He might be about to head to Philly, I think, to see old Nolsey. That looks like a hammy to me. Do you think yeah, that's really? He's grabbing at it. Oh, uh, or he's going to ask for a comfort break. The way uh, he's moving. Oh, oh there, there we, we go. go. The pick. Oh, the well done, Rafa. Uh, uh, and then on the on the other court, uh, the sixth seed Azure Aliasim, he is now he's taken the third set, and he's five one up in the fourth against uh, Malkin. Just watching this, yes. that looked like a stomach cramp there from Rafa. I reckon he does need a comfort break here. Oh no, oh. they're they're working yeah. his hip. Yeah, oh, I did that with the kids though when they had wind. You work the hip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, absolutely. So that's a tip for an uncle. Yeah. If you do need to make a baby fluff. Stomach? Stomach, and you just work the hip like that. Yeah. Does it have to be baby, though? Can it be just Any regular? human being. All right, let's get to the news. We'll be back. Uh, thanks to the Pont there. Uh, great news. That was, wasn't was a good news. All the news from the floating dock, mate. He is, the pontoon is the best. He, mate, there's no better newscaster in the country. Let's give a quick uh, Bingley Australian Open update. Uh, number one seed, Rafa, has Rafa. left the court for a medical timeout. Yes, it looked like, to my eyes, to my untrained eyes, it looked like a bit of a maybe a left hip issue. Oh, I was going constipation. Well, no. That, look, that, well, maybe get wind. some Imodium. Mm. Brooksy, how does the medical timeout work? I'm going to bring you in here. Generally three minutes, but a tr- treatment and evaluation cannot exceed 15 minutes. So if it's a serious injury, which... Rafa looks like he might mm. have. We could be in for 15 minutes. So if, if it's the hip, then he won't be 15 able. minutes probably won't be enough. If it's if it's the other issue, uh, maybe a bathroom, uh, I reckon he can knock, knock that out in 15 easy. Well, <laughs> mate, we saw Novak last night. 38 seconds. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Uh, coming up on the show, we are going to be chatting to James McConey from The Crowd Goes Wild over there in New Zealand. Uh, lots to ask him about. What do the All Blacks think about Eddie Jones back in town? Uh, also, BP... Brett Phillips, the whispering wonder from down there in the Australian Open. Uh, Barney, just a quick update. What's happening on the outside courts at the Australian Open? Uh, nothing. It's raining. Fantastic. Shawnee Omerod uh, from Sportsbet. He'll be in with his market update. Uh, wonder what his tips will be for the outside courts, Barney? Uh, more rain, I believe. Fantastic. Uh, now, joining us now uh, is the uh, for a little chat is the CEO and founder of Stuff. It's Hunter Johnson. Are you there, Hunter? Hello, fellas. Great to be here. Uh, mate, let's let's get to know you straight away here, Hunter. You started what's known as the Man Cave. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, absolutely. So we started a, a charity probably about eight years ago now. Yeah, called the Man Cave. And basically we run mental health programs with tens of thousands of teenage boys in high schools. 
Uh, it's been an amazing journey. Obviously, you know, mental health has been a, a massive issue for a lot of people, particularly since COVID. Um, but we saw that a lot of the services that were targeted at young men either weren't resonating, they didn't really find them engaging or educational, and we just decided to do something about it. Um, so we run programs right across the country and very much focus on boys' strengths rather than their deficits. Um, have fun, bit of banter along the way, but really give them some practical skills. And whilst running all these programs, we decided we need to create a new revenue stream for our charity. And uh, we created this brand, which is called Stuff. So S-T-U-F-F. -F. And basically it's men's personal care. So try to think of it like the, you know, the modern Lynx Africa or uh, uh, yes. Old Spice. And the, uh, the idea is that when you buy stuff, it funds uh, boys from low socioeconomic communities to go through the Man Caves programs. And yeah, it's like deodorants, body wash, you know, moisturizer, face scrub, and we've just launched a new SPF 50 plus for summer as well. Uh, and it's sold through Woolies. And uh, yeah, the whole idea is how do you get guys to, I guess, make a, a decision with their wallets, but also their values. So when you're buying stuff, it's paying it forward for, for a young man to go through a mental health program. Now, uh, mate, I have two young blokes at home. My uh, my sons are 12 and 14. They've just hit that uh, stinky teenager age. So I'm going to get them <laughs> yeah. some of the stuff deodorant. Um, but just in terms of uh, helping them, you know, the teenage years can be a bit awkward, helping them, making sure their uh, mental health is, is solid and they know strategies to, to deal with it. What advice have you got for blokes like me who uh, I'm all at sea with this sort of stuff, mate? Yeah, great question. Well, I think the first thing is like you are their absolute role model and they'll watch, you know, what you do and how you behave more so than what you tell them. But also you've probably got limited time in the saddle before they break away, if not already, and kind of seek their guidance and mentoring elsewhere. And we know that boys, when they're 12 to 16, will try and test the boundaries. They will test authority. And traditionally, that was where, you know, a rite of passage would take place into manhood. We don't often really have them these days. So it's really important, I think, whilst you've got them, you know, in those early ages before things really kick off in their teenagehood, that you can still have experiences together. So finding, you know, things you can uniquely do with each of your boys, whether it's going in nature, going to the footy, whatever it might be, but creating a ritual around it. So it could be we go on one adventure every year and you do that with one of your, your boys each. And then the second thing that I think is really low-hanging fruit is actually just sharing more stories around what life was like when you were 12 or 14 and really kind of being really honest and transparent, whether it was around dealing with breakups, you know, if you'd experienced some level of setback in your life or also the really positive things. And the beautiful thing about a story is that, you know, we can take the information or the values or the principles that are relevant to that point in time to us extract that from the story. So I think there are two things that are pretty low-hanging fruit. Geez, I don't know. The honesty is the scary part of some of the stories when I was their age. Um, but I suppose you know, they get to the age where you've got to trust them. Uh, is that is that something that – because is that something you reckon dads find hard, just to trust their kids to make the decisions that uh, – the good decisions in the situations that are similar to what they were when they were kids? Yeah, I think that's the the kind of the, the perennial dilemma for us all. It's like I hope – Hope he didn't do he he's not doing what I did, but the reality is he probably is. 
And, you know, I think this is where... Don't want to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Effectively, you know, the the relationship you want in this context with your son is that if he is in any level of trouble, whether it's out at a party or, or whatever, that you're the first person that he calls. And what we know is that that trust gets built up over time through authentic conversations. And of course, you know, use your discernment if you're having a conversation with a 12-year-old that might be an 18-year-old's conversation. But those levels of honesty build trust and psychological safety inside of that relationship. And it also humanizes you as the parent. So they see you as someone who was like them and that they can trust you. Now, um, Hunter, you've got quite a successful podcast as well called Real Stuff, which is continuing in 2023. Can you tell us some of the guests you've had on and and what they've opened up about? Yeah, so just to talk to some of the statistics, we know that one in four young men will experience a mental illness before they're 18 and suicide is a leading cause of death for guys under the age of well, actually, it's between the ages of 15 and 44. And our whole belief is that is preventable. If you just have positive conversations with young men, you role model great behaviours and you expose them to, to good role models. And the podcast is uh, really kind of talking to how masculinity, it's such a confusing time for masculinity. There's so many invisible rules that we need to follow. And it feels like if we step out of line once, you know, that we get cancelled. And so the idea is let's lean into that. Let's lean into the messy, if needed, politically incorrect conversations. And we can be really honest around, you know, the life experiences, the troubles, the successes we've had. And so we've, um, yeah, released about 11 episodes. It's been pretty amazing. We've had everyone from the the Bunnings um, CEO all the way to, you know, the Essendon um, captain Dyson Heppel to Australian Wallabies uh, captain Michael Hooper, um, all the way to bands like Client Liaison, um, uh, all the way to other Wallabies like uh, James O'Connor. And you hear their life stories in ways that they've never talked about it before. And so it's a great resource for, you know, men's mental health, but also just healthy relationships in general. And yeah, we've got a few crackers uh, in the pipeline, which I'm, I'm Unfortunately, I'm not allowed to share just yet, but it's uh, it's coming for anyone who wants to su- subscribe, and it's it's called Real Stuff with Hunter Johnson. Terrific, Hunter. Thank you so much for joining us today, mate. You're doing amazing work. It's very, very important. Thanks um, for the advice, mate. I'll yes, uh, you, I'll you do my best. <laughs> I don't know if it'll work, but yeah, that's your. Let us know how you go, I reckon. That's got to be its own segment. And um, guys, we also just wanted to say, we've just released this new sunscreen, um, SPF um, 50 plus. And if anyone um, listening to SEN wants to buy it, you can use the code SEN20 to get 20% off as we, uh, we're big fans of, of everything on this station. That's very good. I I have children that burn very quickly. And I'm a big fan of a discount, so how good is this? <laughs> very good. Win-win. Thank you, Hunter. Thanks for joining us, mate. Beautiful. Thanks. Right. Thanks, guys. Very good. You're listening to The Summer Run Home on SEN. Thanks to Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel in stock now and Blundstone, Rotoflex by Blundstone. Stability meets the freedom to move. We'll be right back. Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel, in stock now. Rotoflex by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. The summer run home with the Professor and Barney on SEN. Yes, quick Bingley Australian Open update. Rafa is back on the court. He's had his medical um, seeing to, and he's just lost the second set. So he's 4-6, mm. 4-6, old Rafa. Better to serve great. to open the third set. Yes, against Mackenzie McDonald. 
Double Max. Double Max. Now, uh, one of Australia's favourite sons, Alex Demonor, the Demon, he mm. played last night. He had a win. He, he beat uh, Shu. I think I'm saying that right. Shu? Uh, yes. He beat him 6-2, 6-2, to advance to the next round. Uh, and post-match, had a lovely little chat to Jim Courier. God, I love those chats. Aren't they wonderful? Beautiful. Smiling Jim. Um, and he had this to say about something he'd written on his bag. I don't know, but I guess it's the front side. So we've got on one side, don't worry. Yep. And on the other side, be happy, just okay. like the song. So <laughs> it's uh, my 2023 New Year's resolution. So it reminds me to just take it a little bit easier on myself so, and try to enjoy it like everyone else should. Ooh, I love it. Yeah. Isn't that great? The demon, uh, he's got himself a little... 2023 New Year's resolution and a catchphrase. Yeah. Um, he must have only just heard the 30-year-old song. Maybe. <laughs> just Has it come this, around again? You know this, songs come back around? Yeah, this Bobby McFerrin's onto something. We don't have the music there, do we? Let's roll that in while we chat about this here, Gibbo. It's a wonderful song. It's got a wonderful message. Now, it got me to thinking other athletes and other coaches and stuff that have catchphrases. They must all have catchphrases. They write things mm. on their wrists, on their bags. That sort of thing. Um, I had a couple of examples. Well, Ricky Stewart. Yes. Obviously, weak, weak gutted. You're a weak gutted dog person. Yeah, the WGDP. W- Is it, he writes, yeah, that, on he writes that on his wrist. <laughs> WGDP. Um, Selwyn Cobbo. Yeah, yeah. Crap yeah. coach, good bloke. Yeah. He's always said it. He's always said it. Uh, Molly Meldrum, Barney? But, well, Molly's was always do yourself a favour. He's added to it now. Do yourself a favour and check out my ass. Yeah. Is his <laughs> new one. <laughs> uh, Eddie Jones? <laughs> Eddie Jones. Brooksy, oh, this F- was yours, F- Eddie Jones? UK, I think it is. F-U-U-K. F-U-C-U. Yeah, Eddie does, mate. So anyway, if you have got a catchphrase for an athlete or a coach or somebody in the media, text us 0457-736-736. Barney. There was another one. People thought that Daniel Medvedev had a catchphrase when they heard this said on court. Yeah, see, people – now, that that didn't need to be beeped there, Gibbo, because uh, people thought he was swearing at a bloke. What he was he actually wasn't? doing – No, the guy said, what's the best place you've been to in Tajikistan? And he said, Farkov, um, which is – it's a small Farkov, village. Funny. Farkov, yeah, F-A-R-K-O-V. I'm going to Look it up. I didn't, uh, I didn't just make it up so I could swear on radio. I'll tell you that for nothing. And uh, it's a real place in Tajikistan, and he, he works with the Tajikistan Tourism Bureau – uh, to promote the the city of uh, well the small village really of Farkov. That's okay. All right. Well, we are <laughs> taking you. I don't know. I, I don't know where to take that. Well, we are taking your text messages zero four five seven seven three six seven three six. Don't worry. Be happy. Send in a text. Have you got a catchphrase for a coach, an athlete, somebody in the media? We'll be right back with the summer run home. Don't worry. Be happy. Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel, in stock now. Rotoflex by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. The summer run home with the Professor and Barney on SEN. Yes, it is all summer long and we are asking what is the catchphrase that an athlete or a coach or anybody in the sporting media has based on the back of the demon, Alex Demon, or writing on his bag, don't worry, be happy, Barney. They are coming in. Yeah, they are. Um, here at 909 says, Todd Carney's catchphrase, when in doubt, flip it out and have a drink. Fantastic. Um, yeah, we've got another nice. anonymous here, Jerome Luai. It's just to the bride and groom. <laughs> Isn't that lovely? <laughs> so very Jerome Luai. Um, mm. They're coming in. Uh, 
Somebody's written Bubba Razam. I'll show you mine if you show me. Yeah, well, that makes oh, sense. We yeah. To... yeah. Yes, Brooksy, no, yes. No, it was just that last one. Uh, yeah, that was a good one. Um, uh, wasn't his, I'll pick your boyfriend if you show me yours. <laughs> I think the. Uh, <laughs> right, I yes. think that's the, I think you're right. That's the catchphrase. Um, Jared Waitley's. <laughs> Sydney Weather sucks. Yeah, that's, that's from Jared. He's just texted in. <laughs> Uh, that's a shame. Um, all right. <laughs> we're going to uh, take another break here. We, we're getting to the news. Um, oh, Gibbo's telling me to chill. Send in your catchphrases, 0457 736 736. Bunny, you got a quick Bingley Australian Open update for us? Yeah. Uh, Rafa, not looking good. We're in a bit of a, a break here. Uh, the outside courts, uh, I'm seeing oh, some Have you got weather. an update for us? It looks like uh, it, it's not wet yet but uh it's it's drying off but i don't think there's any play so just overcast it looks cold too a lot of people wearing jackets around melbourne um uh, rafa is currently uh he's 2-1 up in the third set but he is uh he's about to uh receive now mac mac is on serve and azure aliasim our sixth seed he's pushed it to a fifth set oh strap yourselves Ooh-wee. in he's just taken the fourth six two he's 3-1 up in the fifth